The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, 11.05 in what's going to be a smoking hot Sunday, or pardon me, Saturday. It's just a beauty out there. All weekend's going to be like this, so stay cool, stay tuned, and uh, we're here, ready to go. Pinpoint Health Show is back once again. You want to call in, ask your questions about your health, possibly calling for a bashful friend or family member, don't hold back. 416-870-6400 is the way to go. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou after the show or any other time, info at pinpointhealth.ca, and uh, this number is as well, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. And a reminder once again: there's always good stuff as the uh, long form podcast continue to build up. In uh, the library is getting uh, getting big now, Doctor Lou. It's uh, it's good stuff. But today we have a special guest on the uh, on the uh, on the show with us. Who do we got? Hey, John. Uh, we do have a special guest today, and actually, um, this guest was on the podcast uh, earlier, and we were speaking about uh, COVID, and unfortunately. Um, he unfortunately was diagnosed with COVID, and so we wanted to follow up with him. And we have Councillor Michael Ford here today with us. Councillor, welcome. Hey, John. Hey, Lou. How you doing? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I have to say, I'm doing a, a bit better than I was last week. Um, right. Well, actually, I'd say quite a bit better. Um, yeah. But no, everything's been going okay so far. Beautiful. Great. So we, we've obviously on this show, being a predominantly health-related show, we've spoken about COVID a lot. Um, we've had a ton of experts on to give different advice and opinions on different aspects of it. The one thing that we've not had so far um, is somebody that's actually uh, had COVID or, is, or still has COVID. So, um, and you being a, a public figure and, and, and us having done the podcast uh, before, I figured I'd reach out. And, and I'd love to really just... You know, if you could walk me, the listeners, sort of everybody through what the process has been like with it, because I think it's important um, for people to also recognize some of these symptoms. I, I, in the last few weeks, I know a few people um, in, in, in my distant family who've actually been diagnosed and such varying symptoms uh, in different things. Can you just walk us through your experience? I think, I think it would be really valuable uh, for the listener. Absolutely, doctor. Um, well, before all this, of course, you know, being, you know, in, in my role as a city councillor for North Etobicoke, um, you know, I've been, you know, in, I would have to say hundreds of calls with city officials, with the chief medical officer of health in Toronto, the mayor and, and whatnot. And, and as this was unfolding, we were all kind of hearing different stories, different experiences, how it was affecting people. Um, and as this kind of rolled out, it was, you were kind of learning on the fly. Um, yeah. But to my specific experience, it was probably about actually two weeks ago now, uh, two weeks ago today, um, you know, I was feeling a bit off, um, but I wasn't too concerned about, uh, you know, anything too much. It was just kind of felt like some allergies were coming on, um, right. you know, uh, kind of a, a tickle in my throat little bit of a chest kind of thing going on, a little bit of congestion, uh, nothing too much. But, of course, as our health officials have uh, reminded everyone time and time again, if you're not feeling well in any way, shape, or form, go get a test. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I took that. I took that advice myself. Um, in North Etobicoke, we have a drive-through test center, as, Doctor, I'm sure you're well aware of. Yeah, um, it's right next to, to our office. 
yes, right there. And so I drove over in the morning. Uh, the wine wasn't too bad. Jumped in, filled out a form, went in, got the test, uh, came home. Uh, you know, of course, being cautious about this whole thing, but a little more cautious now because I don't know what was going on, so wasn't worried about it. Um, I think it was Tuesday I got the test results back, and they did say, you know, you test the positive. Um, I got a call from Toronto Public Health to check in, go over my symptoms. And at that point, it did start to get slightly worse. I would say it went from like a 2 out of 10 to a 3 out of 10, right. uh, 4 out of 10. Um, a little more chest pain, a little more congestion, um, uh, coughing more uh, at that point. Um, so then, uh, at, at that point, I've been staying home, isolating. Uh, you know, incredible friends drop stuff off for me. Um, you know, a ton of people messaging me, so I, I want to thank them all for that. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, everything was going okay. I think it was Wednesday. I got some pretty bad chest pain. Um, so in conversations with public health, uh, that was when they recommended that I go into the hospital um, right. to get this looked at because they were getting a bit concerned. Mind you, you know, I think public health likes to stay on the safe, safer side of stuff, too. Um, of course. Which I get, but I took their recommendations. Um, you know, I actually spoke to my uncle. You know, I said, uh, you know, uh, Chris, I'm really not going to tell me going to the hospital. He said, well, you better get going. Um, yeah. so, so went in. Yeah. Um, they kept me overnight. Um, and then uh, the next day, they, they did a whole whack of tests. Um, they were comfortable to let me go home. Um, I don't think staying in the hospital is anyone's favorite place in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but they were phenomenal. The doctors and nurses were phenomenal. But I was happy to get home. And, and uh, from there on, the symptoms gone better. Um, and to today, I uh, am feeling uh, great. And back nice. Up. Mike, want to take a uh, short break here here with uh, with uh, Michael Ford and, of course, Dr. Lou is here. We're going to continue talking about the first time we've had someone on the show that actually has had COVID-19, so we'll continue this discussion. You have questions, by the way, bring them on, 416-870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 1114 Pinpoint Health Show here. Global News Radio phone calls. Any questions for Counselor Ford here? Uh, bring them on. 416-870-6400. Kind of a unique uh, unique show in the fact that all the the weeks, uh, months uh, rather, uh, you know, Dr. Lou, we've been talking about COVID. You've had several experts uh, on the show talking about the uh, the virus and how it affects people and and all that stuff. But we've never actually had a, a COVID-19 victim. And uh, no. Counselor Ford is our first. And now you're feeling better, Counselor Ford, because you're, you know, you're 26. You're a young fellow, so you fought this sucker pretty quickly. But, uh, you know, listening to your experience is a bit of an eye-opener, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I Look, I, I think I am very lucky, very blessed that I, I feel the way I feel right now. Um, you know, we have to acknowledge that there, you know, not everyone is that fortunate. Um, so, you know, I, I, am, I, am, uh, I am lucky, absolutely. Counselor, one thing that I'd love to get your opinion on, uh, because I mean, this is something that, as as a healthcare professional myself, it's something that we deal a lot with, and and we often don't speak about it. But what what I want to ask about 
is the psychosomatic aspect of anything. So what I mean by that mm -hmm. is a lot of times finding out that you have something, people get worse because it's and not, sometimes it's irrespective of even uh, whatever it may be. And this isn't specific with the virus. This can be anything. This is one of the problems where sometimes where people really want a diagnosis so that they can sort of hang their hat on it. And you said something interesting there that you went and you got tested and then it got worse. And obviously, mm -hmm. this is a virus that progresses, so I'm not suggesting that that, that mm -hmm. was psychosomatic. But how did you feel knowing? Did you become stressed out? Were you more anxious once you found out, hey, I've got this, you know, COVID-19, the scary virus that's new? Did that have an effect on your mind? Oh, I, I absolutely, doctor. I um, Look, I, sure, I, I think that played a part of, you know, the last couple of weeks with me, I, I can't say it didn't. Um, right. Look, you, you, we, we don't know. I think we're learning, uh, you know, more about the virus on, uh, you know, hour by hour, health professionals around the world sharing information and whatnot. But it's still relatively, I think, in the public's eyes, um, something that is, is very new, um, even in the health world, but I can't speak to that. Um, but that's what I've gathered. So when when I got it, I, I have to I have to admit it was kind of like a like a shock factor. Like I right. didn't I didn't like when I got the test. In the back of my mind, you look at you know the case count every day to how many people they're testing, and I think it's it's over twenty thousand a day right now. And yeah. I think last week or two weeks ago, I think the number was around. Uh, maybe just uh, you know above the twos, so it's like like low to low to medium twos, two hundreds. Um, right. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm probably I don't probably don't have this. I probably don't need to worry. So when you get the result, it kind of shocks you, and yeah. you do have to. I had moments in time when I had to think, wait, okay, am I like, is my chest actually as bad as I think? Am I coughing yeah. as much as like? It, 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 it is a psychology type thing. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I dealt with that relatively okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm happy to share this with your listeners, um, but uh, you know, I the one thing that I think we were concerned about is I also have a pacemaker. Um, right. I, I get that, and I'm a young guy, which is yeah. not as common. Um, but I, I think that was a part of their um, concern. Um, right. with the cardiac condition and whatnot but yeah and that was going okay. into the hospital but no I yeah, think and i did i didn't know that and thank you for sharing that that definitely from a healthcare professional standpoint you'd always want to err more on the side of caution there i think i think it's an interesting thing though right when, oh, no, when sure. you consider this because Again, I see this in day-to-day -day practice with other things, and I don't deal with infectious disease. But, I mean, our mind controls our body. And so anytime that there's, you know, and, and I see this a lot with even uh, people with panic attacks and things like that where they think they they have a heart condition, but really they're mm -hmm. having an anxiety attack. And, and it's an interesting thing. It, most recently I've had someone um, – in my sort of inner circle, I won't I won't divulge you because I haven't asked them. They're an older person. They were diagnosed with COVID. Um, and speaking with some of the family members, uh, I be, I pretty much said, don't tell them. Don't like. Yeah. They they didn't know anyways. They just sort of they're old that they got tested and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, just don't. And they're like, well, why not? I'm like, because it's not going to change the prognosis. You know what? I, like, it's not. If it, it might be better 
for that to not even be a thought because there's so much hype around this right now that even that fact can become scary. And the reality is, like, Mm -hmm. for an older person, if all of a sudden you have a panic attack and it's a bad enough panic attack, well, that might lead to a cardiac problem, right, because you're in a heightened state of whatever it may be. And so, you know, there's this stuff around it, and and that's one of the things that I've tried to do on the show over the last number of months is also try to like bring it back down in a way, make people realize that this isn't the worst monster in the world, right? Like it's a bad thing for sure. And we're dealing it, I think in, in a really good way. Um, but you know, there is an aspect where you can't let it win your mind. Um, and, and I really appreciate you um, sharing that um, with the outside of the, you mentioned the chest pain, the coughing, those things, any other symptoms, because those are, the big symptoms that we hear of, but there's other smaller symptoms, other weird things, anything that was sort of out of the ordinary for you? There, yeah, I did. I did get night sweats. Okay. Overnight. So I'd, I'd wake up at 2 or 3 a.m. and be uh, quite quite drenched. Um, uh, that I did notice a bit of, uh, but that was only a few nights, um, right. which was new. I've, I've never really got them. Um uh, so that that was something a bit different, um, you know, a, a mild headache. But right. other, you know, other than that, like when it when it came to like the fever, I don't think I ever broke a fever. I think I was always wow. under. I think I had a thermometer ninety seven. Um, wow. And yeah, like I never broke a never broke a fever. Well, that's good. I mean, the night sweats are definitely. It may seem weird to people, but as a healthcare professional, that's one of the things that we look for. Um, it, with infection and other different types of things, night sweats to the point where you're sort of drenching and you need to change. So, um, you know, that, that's really interesting. Let's, uh, I think we have to take a small break, but let's hang tight and we'll, we'll continue speaking on the other side. You have questions for Michael Ford. I mean, he's, he's been through COVID-19. Uh, bring him on that or otherwise. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. 1124 Pinpoint Health Show. Reaching out to Dr. Lou anytime. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. Use that for sure. Keep it. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the Lou Down is a long-form podcast, which has uh, just got some some great stuff. But uh, back here on a uh, Saturday morning with uh, Councillor Micah Ford, who who went through COVID-19 and has uh, come out the other side. And it's uh, definitely a learning experience. I mean, it's you know you mentioned, um, Councillor Ford, how... There's a mental aspect to it, and Dr. Lou, I know you mentioned that as well. I think, I wouldn't be wrong in saying this, even though we're part of it, the media has a lot to do with that. Uh, people really, really anxious about this this virus. Not that it's not a bad one, not that it's not killing people and making people sick, but I think Councillor Ford alluded mm-hmm. to it. You know, 20,000 tests a day in a couple hundred cases. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the Black Plague, but I think media has really heightened people's anxiety about it. What do you think, Dr. Lou? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure it's it's something it's interesting because you need to talk about it. Like we we mm-hmm. can't not talk about it. Uh, and then there's you know there's some media outlets uh, that are sensationalizing this and you know making it bigger than it may very well be. The, the other reality too is we just it's so new that we don't know yeah. enough that that you know things change right. And so because they're changing, at some point it might seem worse, and at some point it doesn't seem as bad. And we don't know where it's going, um, but. 
you know, it, it looks like we're doing much better, which is a great thing. Um, Counselor, one other thing that I really would love to get your take on it, because, again, being a COVID patient and having to go into the hospital, uh, I mean, I, I don't work necessarily in the hospital, but I have a lot of colleagues and friends um, who do. And, and they're just doing an amazing job. What was your experience? I'm sure it was amazing, but if you could just provide mm -hmm. some insight into what these people, these the, the real heroes out there, what they've done for us to keep us all as safe as possible. Doctor, honestly, it's it's really incredible. And, and it really, it did hit me quite hard being in there, seeing exactly what they do. Um, you know, the, the men and women who are putting their lives on the line, um, you know, going into work, uh, doing this on the front lines when, you know, when I got put in the hospital, um, right, right from, you know, the first person who are taking your vitals and then putting you into a room and the nurses who are always checking on you and the doctors and the different type of doctors and specialists and, and this and that and the, uh, everyone there, um, and, and they're very upbeat, you know, right. and I saw them interacting with other people. Um, you know, I kind of not kept an eye on that, but there was, you know, there's not much to do when you're sitting there. <laughs> but, yeah. but you're looking at how they're interacting with people in probably one of the toughest times of their career. Um, I, I, I think it would be safe to say that. Um, and they are upbeat. They're positive. They uh, and they're working incredibly hard and around the clock, and and I I, I can't I can't say uh, anything better than that. And I'm not just saying that for to blow smoke here. Um, it, it really did shock me. Um, it, it really did. Yeah, and and I, and I definitely don't think you're blowing smoke with that. I mean, anybody that can sort of if if you just take a minute, anybody out there, and you step into the shoe, imagine. You know, and again, we're sort of at, we're three months into this thing, so we, I think people are a little more calm in general, but imagine in those first few weeks and you're working in the hospitals and you're told that, you know, there's this virus that we know nothing about and, and you've got to yeah. sort of do your job to protect and these people are standing that front line. And I mean, it's, you mentioned a few people there, but just the, the amount of front line, it doesn't stop like from the, from the administrators that are there to the cleaning staff the doctors, the nurses, the other auxiliary staff. It's incredible that these people, Everyone. every single day, were going into work. And, and especially at the beginning where there's this fear of this system being overwhelmed. And the, and the talk was about, like, you know, we may have to pick people and turn people away. And, and to even for, to be in those shoes of those people that would have to make that decision, all of these healthcare professionals swear the same oath to do no harm, to help everybody, and yeah. to just sit there and think, wow, if, 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 you know, I think of myself as a health professional, if I ever had to make that decision, it would be the worst day of my life, like where you're sort of picking and choosing who could live, who could die and all these things. It's just absolutely horrendous. And, and again, the, the, the mental fortitude, the strength, everything about them that they've done it. I know it sort of seems at this point cliche to talk to, about them as heroes, but really they're heroes. There's really no other way to put that. What they did and what they continue to do, um, and they've you know, saved countless lives, obviously. Like, I think we've done a, a pretty incredible job um, in Canada, right? And, and we live in Ontario, so we'll focus on Ontario. And, and obviously, mm -hmm. you've got a pretty close relationship with the, the Premier. But I think all mm -hmm. levels of government, whether you, you guys at City Council, the provincial level, the federal level, have, have really come together to, to, to do what, what could be done. And, and I know this is a health show, but obviously, you're a mm -hmm. politician. What's, mm -hmm. like, 
what do you see? What do you see happening in the future and, and what was done? What's your take on all of it? Well, look, I, I think as, you know, putting on, you know, my kind of policymakers hat here, um, we're going to learn a lot from this. Um, yeah. I, do I think that we have done everything perfectly? Not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but what I do think is what people saw, what, what you know, Torontonians saw, um, was uh, a coming together of, of all levels of government, of, of businesses, of, of, you know, resident leaders in the community. I think it goes beyond government. Um, of course, government is kind of lead, and the health professionals are kind of leading the direction of this. But I remember the first week we went into not necessarily a, a, a shutdown, but close to it when, when yeah. schools closed, um, stores were ordered closed, uh, restaurants. Everyone came to the table. My office, I have to say, probably received, I would say, upwards of 100 calls from businesses wow. who are financially hurting, uh, from people who live in the community who don't have a job anymore, saying, how can we help? Uh, do you know right. of anyone out there who needs help? Who can I do a shopping for? And and, and, and I'm not kidding. There were, I, I would say, about 100 people. Um, so it was everyone coming together, not just governments, um, but, but society. And, and I really, right. I think it showed the best of us in, in the darkest of times. Yeah, and I think I think you bring up a great point there when we think about these things. And I mean, even nowadays, we're always so focused on the bad side of humanity. And when you actually stop and think about it, so much more of humanity is good, right? Like people, yeah. the most people want to just do the right thing. They want to do the good thing. They want to help their fellow citizens, their fellow people that they're uh, that are next door to them, friends, family. Everyone just was sort of in this together, um, and it was. Uh, it was a scary thing for sure when it was happening. I mean, I, I can vouch for what you said there in terms of I, I know when we were having issues, oh, well, I, we have to take a small break. We'll continue on the other side. We will, and you want a, uh, some questions here for Councillor Ford, you can bring it on, 416-870-6400. you got some time. It's 1132. We'll continue with the Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.35 back here on the Pinpoint Health Show. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou, you can uh, do so info at pinpointhealth.ca or the number one eight five 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 doctor lou D-R-L-O-U. And we continue our time here uh, this hour with Councillor Michael Ford, who went through COVID-19 and is uh, on, coming through the other side. You know, Dr. Lou and uh, you know, Councillor Ford, you guys mentioned before the break that the amazing job and the stress that the uh, the healthcare system and uh, you know i.e. the front the frontline workers have been going through since the beginning of this thing you know another angle of that and, and it, it didn't it didn't hit home until early this week that a, a friend of my wife who'd uh, recently retired about 5 years ago wonderful woman she uh, she didn't get covid-19 but she ended up getting cancer and she was scheduled for her surgery for a hysterectomy, which potentially could have been life-saving because of this virus. That was canceled, and she passed away on Monday. The stress and the regret that these healthcare people must have thinking, God, you know, we, we were dying to get in there and do surgery, but our hands are tied. We couldn't save this woman. Just added stress and, and you know, added, you know, 
regret, I guess, on, on the on the part of the healthcare workers that could have gotten in there had it not been for this virus and potentially saved her life. So there's that whole angle to it as well, right? All the canceled surgeries and all these other procedures that could not go forth because of COVID-19, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's something I've been talking about on the show for a while, the sort of the, the, the consequences of all of these things. Um, counselor, now obviously healthcare is not uh, at the part of the city, but as a politician and as somebody in politics, um, you must, uh, I guess, think about these things and have some ideas. Yeah, you, you know anything anything you can provide on that front in terms of what's happened to the healthcare system, ideas on what could get us back uh, to normal, uh, sort of where we're had, headed. It might be a bit of a loaded question for you, but you know, again, as a policymaker, I'm sure these are things you think about. Oh no, absolutely, Doctor. I uh, and and John, that's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, you know, I that that takes me back to you know my grandmother who I was very close to just in in January passed right. away to a to a, a very mm-hmm. very hard battle uh, with, with cancer. Um, so believe me when I when I hear that it, it hits close to home. Um, right. I think you know all of us as not just policymakers and um, and. It uh, in society, it, it it really hurts to to hear that. Um, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is that I think we have to really have a long hard look at how we responded to this and and what we're going to learn from it uh, for the future. Um, I think in, in one side of it, it's difficult because I don't think we were ever expecting something like this to happen to that magnitude. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's an absolutely tough one, but it's, it's questions and it's, and it's uh, realities we need to face as a society um, and, and people in different levels of government, whether it is, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the city's uh, kind of purview and my purview as a city councilor is, you know, we're going to have to review this with our chief medical officer of health and Toronto Public Health, and, and we have to see what we did well, what we didn't do well, um, and how do we chart a path forward to make sure we can do the best job we can. God forbid uh, something like this happens again. Um, yeah. And I think uh, the province will have to do that and the federal government will have to do that. Yeah, and I, and I think I agree too. I mean, again, I'm not a policymaker or a politician, but I think when I think of healthcare and things like that, I mean, I do agree that this sort of blindsided everybody, and, and probably nobody expected it to be this. I think maybe people thought, oh, this is going to be a few weeks, and then we'll sort of be back to normal, you know, two week break for everybody, uh, yeah. and, and that wasn't the case. But I do think I think this is very much an opportunity for for all levels of government, as you're suggesting, um, to really look at it and say, okay, because the reality about these pandemics is they will happen again. That, that is, they, they've happened in history. They will continue to happen. Hopefully it's not, you know, next year, the year after all these things. But, but we just don't know. As The reality about this type of pandemic is as the world population grows, people are closer together. We're interacting closer uh, with other animals and all these things, so many things that cause disease to jump uh, to humans, the reality is these things probably will become more uh, likely as time goes on. And I think you're right, the governments at the federal level, the provincial level and the municipal level have to be ready to how do we respond to something like this in a way where 
um, you know, we're not completely stopping everything because I don't know that that necessarily is the best thing either because, I mean, you know, the, the, the example that John just gave there of, of, a, of, of someone that he knew that, you know, was scheduled to have potentially life-saving surgery um, and that being delayed. I mean, I know with what I do, we've, there's been a ton of people, a ton of patients that have needed to have uh, sort of more urgent types of procedures. Now, we deal mainly in musculoskeletal health, so thankfully it's never life or death, but there have been moments where things are definitely urgent and people have sort of said, no, like I, I'm not doing it. I mean, John, I, I don't know if you recall a few weeks ago, there was someone that called in and it sounded like they may potentially have like stroke-like symptoms. Yeah. And, and my initial reaction was like, you know, you shouldn't be calling me, you should be going to a hospital. And, and that person said almost quote unquote, I thought hospitals were closed. Uh, and I was just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like, what have we done if this is the perception if people think that hospitals are closed to me yep. that's crazy that someone could think that do, do you have it sort of a comment on that counselor oh yeah, yeah no absolutely i i think that's I, that's a failure in communication um absolutely i don't think uh i think that's a big failure so that's something no doubt that we'd have to look at um i did i did know that i think hospitals were actually quite empty i think there was yeah. quite a yeah. reluctance of people to go into the Big hospital time. at the beginning and the er's were actually kind of empty yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, a, yeah. Lot, a lot of my colleagues have essentially said they've never been so slow right like it's it's just crazy but we'll continue this conversation after the break and we'll get to your calls, uh, Drusilla and Jim. We'll get to you right after we come back. Thank you for hanging on. It is the Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And back at it, Pinpoint Health Show. And uh, pleased to have Councillor Michael Ford for the uh, for the entire show. Guys, want to bounce over to a couple calls that have been standing by. First, we'll get to uh, to Jim, I believe. Hey, Jim, how are you? Thanks for standing by. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys? Um, great. You know what? Yeah, good morning to all of you and to the councillor. I know you're giving credit to, which you should, to all the medical staff, but I want to just say congratulations for your outcome. And well, Thank you, Jim. Okay. And do you, does this mean, or first of all, do you know where you contracted this? And second, is does this mean you're in the clear in that you can no longer contract it a second mm-hmm. time or spread it to anyone else? Is that the is that what this is now? Yeah, Jim. I think it's a great question. It's a question I have too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no. So so where I contracted it, um, I, I I can't. I can't really put uh, a nail on it. Um, I, like many people, you know, before this contracting it, I was being careful, uh, wearing mm-hmm. gloves, a mask, washing hands. Um, but I did do, you know, uh, the odd grocery shopping, filling up at wow. the gas station. So I, sh- I could have picked it up in there. Um, to your second question, Jim, um, I think, um, sorry, what was your second question again? <laughs> I just had it. That you can't catch it, uh, contract it a second time, or or spread. I've heard that, um, but I don't know that the science is there yet. Um, I think they have a good idea, but I haven't heard that. Maybe Doctor Yeah, Blue, I don't I, know if you have an idea. Yeah, I, I could I could provide. So you're 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 partially right there. The science is sort of inconclusive. Um, we're not really sure. There, it does seem like there's a period of immunity for sure, and and that's pretty typical with 
like most coronaviruses, like the common cold anyways. But like the problem is, is because there's not been enough time since this all started. We don't yeah. know, right? Because the same way you can catch a cold another year, it might be very well be. Now, so this is like some models based on SARS, which is this is a very similar virus to suggest that there will be immunity. Uh, others, so it, the science is sort of inconclusive, but it does seem like at the very least there's a, a shorter term immunity where you're safer at the very least a period of months, and and we just don't know yet because really time enough time has not elapsed for us to to study that. Jim, appreciate the call. I want to move over quickly to uh, Drusilla, who's been waiting. Uh, good morning, Drusilla. How are you? Yes, I'm not too bad, thank you. Just busy writing Great. my thank you note to China, that's all. Yeah, right. What's, uh, what's your question? <laughs> yes, my, my question is, I understand the councillor had a, a a test for the virus and he came positive and subsequently was in hospital overnight. I just wondered if when he was discharged or down the road from that time, he had a, another test to see if he was still positive. I think that's uh, it's a great question, Gisela. So I actually did... Uh, yesterday, um, and I got the uh, results back uh, just uh, not too long ago, and uh, I did test negative for it, um, which was a relief for me. Um, but having said that, uh, I'm still staying in and finishing my full quarantine of 14 days, um, okay. and then uh, and then uh, going back to just being very uh, cautious. Great. Thank you very much for clearing that up. So you do have to have a test afterwards. If you've had one initially, that's positive. They do like to see you again. They do uh, like to I, see that, you again. I think that would depend on, on the doctor. Um, I, okay, I can always speak to that. Thank you, Drusilla. Appreciate the call. And I, I think that's, you know, she, she hits on a pretty good point there. I know your uncle, uh, you know, the premier was talking about the app coming out very shortly where this is going to require a test because you're going to get an eight-digit number from public health. And that's the way the phone kind of talks to other phones Bluetooth-wise around the area to let you know who's had it and possibly the potential of of catching the uh, the virus. But I think that's how it's going to work. So a test is definitely uh, mandatory if you can use that app with any degree of uh, efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think as, as the more we test, the more we know where people are, and 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 uh, you know, I think the safer we all are. Yeah, and and I and I think the other thing is as we and a lot of the research is sort of starting to suggest that the more we test. We'll also see the numbers sort of start to level out where um, it's not going to seem as bad as we did. And, you know, it's sort of like one of the problems that I have when you hear people talk about this, they'll sort of say, well, it's just, you know, it's, it only affects older people. Well, everybody like these are still human beings. Right. So, right. so I, I think people really need to like if the more lives we can save, it shouldn't really be based on age or comorbidity like they're human beings at the end of the day. So if we can all do a part in, in being safe, and I really appreciate what the counselor uh, said there, and, and, I, and I think it's great that although you're testing negative, you're going to follow through with your quarantine and you're going to be safe. I think, I think I encourage anybody that, you know, thinks they have any type of symptom, even if you haven't been tested, stay in the 14-day quarantine. Do the full, full time that you need to just not really about yourself, but you're going to protect other people. Why Why would you want to adversely affect anyone is, is sort of my thought on this. Oh, absolutely. I, um, when I did, when I did, when I did found out I did have COVID, I think my heart, I had a little bit of a heart attack uh, <laughs> because then yeah. I, you know, I go to, well, you know, I, you know, 
um, any family member I was around or someone, I'm like, oh, no, like now, 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 because it doesn't hit them for a while or it could be, I've heard like seven days or whatnot. So then you're kind of sitting there in this like ticking not yeah. time bomb. I don't think that's. I think that's no, very. But I think your analogy is right because in your mind it's like a ticking time bomb because yeah. you, you. I think that's the worst part for anybody. I know it would yeah. be for me. It would be like I'd be worried that I give it to my 15 month old son, my 70 year old mother. Like that would be my concern. I, I wouldn't be as concerned um, for myself. So I, I. Yeah, I think that's just the reality of it. It's so hard when you don't know who else may have gotten it as a result of you. So, which is why doing the safe thing and the right thing of isolating is what, what everyone should be doing if, if they think they may have been exposed. Let's take one more uh, quick break, guys, and we'll get right back to it. Our last few minutes with uh, Councillor Mike Ford here on the Pinpoint Health Show. This is Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And it's 11.54. Got down to our last few minutes here with Councillor Ford and stopping by for the entire hour here on the Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou, take it away, brother. Yes, thank you. Uh, Councillor, one other thing totally not related to health. In a way, it is because I think it, it may be. But I know you serve on the Police Services Board, or at least I remember that from our conversation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this conversation that is happening around the world of defunding the police is absolutely crazy. Um, and, you know, that's my personal opinion. Uh, and do I think there needs to be change and reform? Sure, maybe. Uh, but I'm no, by no means an expert on it. I have this platform. I, just if you want to sort of throw something in there that you'd like to say uh, for a few minutes, that, that I think that listeners would appreciate that as well. Absolutely. I um, Look, I think there's a lot of pain um, and suffering out there in certain communities, uh, especially the black community, over you know the last few weeks and the traumatic incidents that's happened um you know uh in in north america what we've seen on tv having said that i do not believe it is in any way constructive or safe for the city to cut the toronto police service budget i think we need to have serious conversations um, about the role of police and how can they do a better job? What tools can we give them to do a better job? Whether it's de-escalation training um, or, um, you know, certain different types of training that helps them do their job better. We had a discussion at the board yesterday about that, and I think that is the constructive way of approaching it. But in no way, shape, or form do I think, uh, you know, cutting the police budget uh, by 10% is what they're calling for is going to help anything Quite frankly, I, I'm kind of disappointed with my colleague, Steve, and put that on the table because I think that's just a flashy headline um, and that's all they want to get out of it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, if you're, if you're okay with it, I'll reach back out to you. Maybe we could do a, another podcast totally focused on that. Um, I've done a few podcasts with other people around. I, I believe, yes, disproportionately the black community has been affected, and, and I think there does need to be change, reform, whatever it may be. But to completely suggest that, you know, in, in, in extreme examples, that the police should be completely eliminated, to me, is just crazy. I think with the world, we need to change. 
the way we're doing things, and I appreciate you, your take on that. I also, um, you know, with the end of the show around the corner a few minutes away, uh, number one, I'm glad that you're feeling better and that you're, and that you're coming through on the other side of this. I'm very happy to hear that. And also thank you very much uh, for being on the show today and, and sharing that experience with, with us and the listeners so that they can sort of, um, you know, get a better sense of what it's like to actually have COVID. Because I think the one thing that you've done is this, it sort of makes it real where it's, you know, it's not the worst, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's definitely not the worst thing in the world. We could survive mm-hmm. it. You, you can get through it and you can come out on the other side. And, and, and I think that's an important message to share. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Guys, we'll pretty much uh, wrap it for there for the day. Uh, you want to reach out to get a hold of Dr. Lou. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's doing business. The clinics, you know, get in there. Don't hesitate. If you need help of the musculoskeletal nature, make sure you reach out to Dr. Lou. At least have a conversation, right? one 55 doctor Lou is that number. Info at pinpointhealth.ca is the, uh, the information via email. And, of course, catch the Lou down. Just mention it right there, the long-form podcast series. And uh, thanks again to Councillor Michael Ford. We'll We'll catch you next time here on the Pinpoint Health Show. This is Global News Radio. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.